The people of God know that God's in control. I'm not controlling my life. God is controlling because we said, I gave my life to God. I gave my life to the Lord. You don't have to give your life to the devil. He had a head start. We were born with sin. We were born with the sin nature. We were born with the propensity to sin. We were born with an inclination to sin. It's a nature of sin on the inside of us that makes us lie, steal, and cheat. We were born that way. That's why we need to be born again, born again of the Spirit of God. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to our broadcast. It was Jesus who stood up in the synagogue and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And that good news was salvation, deliverance, and eternal life. Come and go with us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. He had the practice of worshiping with others. The Scripture says he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up on the Sabbath day, And he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Jesus had a custom of worshiping and fellowshipping with others. And many of us already have that down. We're pretty good at coming and fellowshipping. Some of us are still working on it and others are still driving by every once in a while. But Jesus had the practice of worshiping with others. He went to the church on the Sabbath day. That was a day of worship, as was his, what? His custom. Luke made it a point to let us know that where we could find Jesus on the Sabbath day. Where can your friends find you on Sunday? They said, light of the world. Will you put that on your social media while you're out there? Just, just post that, would you please? You ought not to have no phone calls about this time of day because folks ought to say, he ain't going to answer, they in church. They ought not be blowing your phone up. They ought not be texting you right about now because they know you're not going to answer. Why? Because you're where? Nobody ought to be calling you on Sunday morning this time saying, where you at? Y'all didn't get that. Nobody ought to be calling you, asking you this time on Sunday, where you at? Because you ain't here where we normally are. And don't be like people that say, well, you know, I can worship God while I'm going out here fishing on Sunday morning. You can worship God anywhere. I can worship God when I go to the stadium. I can worship God when I'm out here on the golf course in nature. Let me ask you, when you put your golf clubs in the car, what was your intent? It wasn't going to worship God. You didn't say, let me get my golf club so I can go out here and worship God. You say, no, so I can hit this ball. It's a beautiful day. Don't let folks fool you. Jesus said, I am fellowshipping with the people of God and I'm worshiping God. So I thank God for you being here today. So I'm going to talk about the folks that's not here. I'm going to talk about them real bad. I ain't talking about you. You here. I'm going to talk about the ones that's not here. Thirdly, Jesus said, I have an anointing to preach and proclaim the gospel. Everything that Jesus had that I'm going to be mentioning to you is what you and I should have as well. He said this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's 
favor. Here's Jesus saying, I know why I am here. I am here on purpose. He has anointed me to preach. This word preach just means to proclaim. It doesn't mean he had an anointing to hoop. That passage that we read in, the, in Luke chapter 4, it said Jesus took the scroll, he got up and read the scripture and said he has anointed me to preach and to reach. And then the Bible says he, and he sent out. That was a very short presentation. Many of us have to learn how to just get up and say what we need to say and sit down. Y'all said amen on that one, didn't you? You didn't say amen about having power. You didn't say amen about being anointed. You said amen when I said we just need to talk a little bit and sit down. <laughs> but he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. That word anoint, it means to be smeared upon, to be applied to. The spirit of God was applied upon him. It was already in him and he was one of the Godhead. But the spirit of God, he said, he has anointed me to preach. Let me tell you something. If you're saved. He has anointed you to do the same thing. This is not the anointing that people talk about in the church. This is not that same anointing. You know, when we say, ooh, they were sure anointed. You know, after you know how to talk and you, you can uh, move people to praise and to worship. You say, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Lord, the praises go up, the blessings come down, come on. They say, ooh, he was anointed. No, he wasn't anointed. He was a good orator. Anointing with the power enables you to do the work. That's that anointing he's talking about. In the book of 1 John, the writer said, you have an anointing on the inside of you. You just don't know it. You have an anointing that's waiting to be awakened so you can do the work of the ministry so he can be effective. God wants to reach other people more than you do, and he has equipped you and has anointed you to do it. All you got to do is flip the switch on and let him work. Say, Lord, use me. Come on, somebody say, Lord, use me. If you want him to use you, say, Lord, use me. Use that anointing that's on the inside of me. That's why Jesus said, I will bring all things to your remembrance when you get out and start doing the work. I got everything set up for you. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you will testify about me. He talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us waiting to work. He's just sitting down, reclining right now in the life of most believers because he knows we ain't finna do nothing. But when he recognizes that we are interested in allowing him to move and to touch the lives of others, people who are hurting, people who are lost, people who are blind, people who are oppressed, God says, I want to use you to touch the lives of those people. And if you just go out to do that, watch me work. Here's what Jesus said. I came to preach good news to who? To the poor. I don't care what news you're looking at today. They hardly ever have good news. They don't start with good news. Nobody watched the 6 o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news, and it begins with good news. They don't start with, this is breaking news. Everything is going well. It's breaking news, and you want to see who got shot, who got robbed. They got video now of every kind of little stuff going on. They want to show you the video. I want to show you this robbery. I want to show you somebody getting run over. I want to show you somebody blowing up the gas station. I want to show you this and that and this and that. People need some good news. I could use some good news, couldn't you? People need some good news. You know what the gospel is? Good news. Jesus said, I came to preach 
good news to the poor, those who are poor in spirit, those who have been beat down, those who don't seem like they have any hope, those that don't think they can make it. There's, there's good news for you, but they need to hear it. And how can they hear unless someone tell them? If you're here today and you need some good news, i tell you what. There's some good news that the Lord Jesus came and he can fix your life for you. He preached good news. He preached the gospel. I'm just asking the Lord to help me to preach the good news. People don't need to be beat up every time they come into church. They need some good news. There's some good news. There's some joy. There's some hope. There's some change that can happen in your life when you come and give your life to Jesus Christ. That's good news. Good news is a welcome sound to those who are poor and who are stuck in a rut. Good news is a welcome sound to those who are prisoners, both physically and emotionally. He said, I come to set the captives free. Now, I was a captive. I didn't know it. I was a captive. You were a captive to sin. You were a captive. You were bound. You were handcuffed to the devil's plan for your life. But he came and he set you free. Jesus said, I have come to bring good news to the poor and to set the captives free. You got habits you can't break, he can set you free. You got issues you can't get rid of, he can come and set you free from your issues. You got a rut you've been in, he can get you out of that rut. Oh, you're going down in quicksand, he can lift you up out of that quicksand. If you feel like you're about to go under, he says, I got something for that. He says, I can set the captives free. I can loose those that got habits and hang-ups and all kinds of things you've been dealing with. You just haven't told anybody. You just can't break free from it. He says, I can break you free. Talking about break every chain. He broke every chain when he died and went down to hell and broke the power of the enemy and death in the lives of people. And he came back up and says, I have the victory. I have the keys to life in my hand. I can do it for you no matter what you're going through. I can do it for you. Don't just sit there and just think you don't have no hope. I have hope for the hopeless. He says, I got good news. And good news is a welcome sound to those who are blind and can't find their way. Uh, he says, I came to give sight to the blind. There's a bunch of folks walking around with their eyes wide open, but they just can't see. They can't see their way. Only thing they can see is what they can think of in their own hearts and their own minds. But the Lord says, I brought you out of darkness into the marvelous light. And while you were in that darkness, you were fumbling around trying to find your way. And you thought you were doing good. But when the light came on, you was, found out you was about to go out the window. You didn't even know it. How many of you have been walking around in the dark? You just hit something. You didn't even know it was there. We've been walking around bumping into stuff, stomping your toe, hitting your shin, knocking your knees, knocking stuff over. That's what our lives are like when we walk in the darkness. But he says, I came to bring you into the light of his glory. Peter put it this way. He brought you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you in the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. If you're still walking in the dark in a dim place, today there is good news for you. You don't have to keep fumbling around in the dark. The Lord has brought the light. Good news is a welcome sound for those who are oppressed. He said, I came to set the oppressed free. 
And this oppression was not just a physical oppression. This oppression was not just a social oppression where you say, well, I'm, I feel oppressed. Nobody want to help me. The society has got the chips are stacked against me in this society. I can't progress. Somebody's always holding me back. Say, no, I'm not talking about that oppression. I'm talking about a spiritual oppression. I'm talking about a spiritual oppression where you can't see your way through. You have no joy. You have no hope. Your life have no meaning. You don't know where you're going next. You're just going around in circles. You're going motionless all the time, going around on a merry-go-round. And the harder you push, the more you find out you're still in the same place. And people are getting depressed. More people are committing suicide nowadays than ever because they, they were in a rat race and found out they were just a lead rat. That's all they were. They climbed the top of the ladder of success and found out it was leaning against the wrong wall. And now they just said, what is the meaning of life? The same thing that Solomon said. It's meaningless. It's meaningless without God. It's meaningless. Life is meaningless. And Jesus Christ came to say, I have come to put some meaning in your life. I've come to put some life in your life. Jesus Christ said, I come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. You don't have to go through life without life. And then we're told that he fulfilled the prophecy for today. Look at what he says. He said, then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And then everybody looked at him. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. What did he just say? You keep on reading the story. They just said, uh, we, don't, we ain't hearing that. We know who you are. You Mary's baby. We, we grew up around here. Why are you coming to tell us you're the one bringing this good news? The, the, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He was reading from the book of Isaiah, and he said, now that's a prophecy about what's coming. But I'm telling you that today is the day and this is the year of God's favor. He said that this is the year of God's favor and today it has begun. The King James said this is the acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus said this is the acceptable year. This is the year of God's favor. I want to tell you right now, wherever you are, this is the year of God's favor for you. I don't care what it used to look like. This is the year. Don't let this year pass you by. This is the year things can change in your life. This is the year you can get a new start. This is the year you can say, Lord, I want to be used by you. I'm ready to break forth in the ministry. I'm tired of just going through the motions in church. I want you to use my life. Take my life. I'm giving it to you, and I'm ready to break forth. This is the year. Peter said this about Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Peter, uh, the Jew, was in the house of Cornelius the Gentile. They weren't supposed to hang out together. They weren't supposed to eat together. They he wasn't even supposed to be in their house. But God told him, Peter, get up and go down to Cornelius' house. You're going to have fellowship with him. I'm trying to reach somebody. So Peter said, I realize now that God does not show favoritism. Let me tell you, you can look at other people and think that they're spiritual and you wonder why God's moving in their life and not yours. God does not show favoritism. What he done for others, he'll do for you. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. 
just like he used other folks' lives, he'll use your life. Just how he'll work through others and, and do great things through others, he'll do it through you. Don't let the enemy tell you that God won't use you. Don't let him tell you that he's not going to do anything in your life. Don't let him tell you that you just messed up so bad that God's not going to use you. God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fears him. If you just come to God and you honor him and you reverence him, he said he accepts. Come on, say God accepts. God accepts, and I'm going to tell you today, if you're in here, God accepts. The enemy going to keep telling you that, no, he's not going to accept you. Look at what you are. Look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. You know what you've done. Nobody else knows, but God knows, you know, and the devil knows. And he's going to keep pointing out to you. The Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you, but God forgives you. God accepts you. God accept men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Peter goes on to say, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. There's the good news of peace. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. And then what happened? And how he went around doing good and healing all those under the power of the devil. You know, I keep reading scripture. They keep telling us who the main characters are. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the devil. It's a battle between God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and the devil. And today we act like the devil doesn't exist. But if you are not following God, you're following the devil. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. There's no place where you can, oh, you know, I, I can go either way. No, you are either with God or you're with the devil. And either God is directing your life or the devil is directing your life. You are not in control of either. You think you're in control. And when you think you're in control, the devil is controlling. Because if you're not in control, you know God's in control. Believers know that God's in control of my life. The people of God know that God's in control. I'm not controlling my life. God is controlling because we said, I gave my life to God. I gave my life to the Lord. You don't have to give your life to the devil. He had a head start. We were born with sin. We were born with the sin nature. We were born with the propensity to sin. We were born with an inclination to sin. It's a nature of sin on the inside of us that makes us lie, steal, and cheat and work in our lives apart from God. We were born that way. That's why we need to be born again, born again of the Spirit of God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. This is the gospel. He was not seen by all the people but by witnesses from whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living 
and the dead and all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. All that call on his name receive forgiveness of sin. And this last one says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Why did the Holy Spirit come on all who heard the message? Because there was an interest. The Bible says Cornelius was a man who, who heard about God and was interested in God. He just didn't know how to get to him. Peter came and said, this is how you get to him. Just believe on him. There are some of you who've heard about God. You just don't know how to get to him. What I'm telling you today, all you have to do is say, I'm ready to receive the message of the good news that Jesus Christ died for my sins and he's able to change my life right where I am. The mission of the church is to reach people. The mission of the church is to reach people, not to just have church. There are people who are dying. There are people who haven't heard the message. There are people who don't know the way out of darkness. There are people who are oppressed. There's a people who have habits and hang-ups and issues, and they're just trying to figure out the best way they can. They've tried drugs. They've tried parties. They've tried hanging out. They've tried social media. And every time you get on social media, there's folks talking so crazy that they confuse them as well. They don't know what to do. But Jesus said, I'm not a respective person. I don't show favoritism. Whoever you are, wherever you are, if you need hope, you need help, you need a fresh start, I am here. Won't you bow your heads with me? There are people that are sitting in the audience right now who need what Jesus brought. He says, I come to bring good news to the poor, those that are poor in spirit, those that are poor in health, those that are poor in their life, poor in their understanding, poor in their directions. I came to bring good news to the poor. He says, I came to set the captives free. What's holding you captive? He says, I come to set you free. He says, I came to open the blinded eyes. Some eyes are going to be open so you can see your way to where God wants to take you. Jesus said, all I want you to do is come. That's all you got to do is come. All you have to do is come wherever you are. All you have to do is come to him. I believe the Spirit of God is tugging on some hearts today that says, I want change. I'm ready for change. I've been looking. I've been longing. I'm ready for change. That change is just receiving what Jesus Christ has already done. The good news is that he died for your sins and he came to bring you help and hope wherever you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what church you used to go to. It doesn't matter whether you go to church at all. Don't matter what you've done in your life. Don't matter what your life past has been like. Doesn't matter what uh, you've done. He says, I can fix it all. I can bring you out of darkness into the marvelous light. I certainly hope that you have enjoyed today's broadcast. This is Jerry G. Martin. Like everyone else, I have been experiencing this tumultuous year. There are things that are going on all over the world and all over our country. We have political upheaval. We have social upheaval. We have medical pandemics. 
we have economic difficulties and these things are happening all around us. That seems to be the bad news. The good news is that Jesus Christ has come to bring the gospel of salvation to mankind. And he said in the book of Luke chapter 4, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. I want to encourage each of you right now to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to use your life to make a difference in these dark days. The Bible says we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. This is our time to rise up and allow the peace of God, the presence of God, and the power of God to use our lives. I want to take a moment just to invite you to be our guest at the light of the world. We are at 16161 Old Humble Road, right in the North Houston area. You can go to our website for more information at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. I invite you to come and visit the Beacon Bookstores right here on our campus, and we are open to serve you for your books, Bibles, and church supplies. Join me next time as we continue to share the word of God with you. Now may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.